more frustration, being on guard, and the only way. Two weeks ago, the last time I celebrated the school mass, you remember I talked about how I got frustrated. I got frustrated when I was at recess and I was racing the kindergartners. And they didn't follow the rules. On your mark, get set, they took off. Tried it a couple times, three times, they actually didn't work. And I'd mentioned last week, or two weeks ago, that not following the rules always leads to frustration. Well, I didn't lie, but I didn't really tell the full truth. Sometimes it's okay not to follow the rules. I'm going to try not to look at Mrs. Wolski here when I say that. We have three, we have three young men who didn't follow the rules today that we heard in our first reading in the prophet Daniel. They were, they were Jews. They knew to worship only one God. And yet the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, gave them the command to serve his God, which was a little statue. And he says, unless you bow down and worship to my God here, I'm throwing you in the white, fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three young men, they said, no, we're not doing it. King Nebuchadnezzar's face became livid with utter rage against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he'd ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more than usual and have the strongest men in his whole army bind up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them in the white-hot furnace. So indeed, that happened. Sometimes it's okay not to follow the rules. It's important to draw that distinction. There's divine laws or eternal laws There's which are by God, revealed by God, things that are eternal, divine law, God's rules, his law. Then there's the natural law, natural rules. Natural law comes about by just knowing who the human person is, using our mind and using our reason to come to general rules and laws that cannot be broken. We're to follow them. And then from there are human laws. Divine law, natural law, human laws. Those are things like uh, things that we have in school, rules in school. Things we have with our government. Things like driving on the road, wearing the seatbelt. Those are human laws. Should human laws be followed? Yeah, most of the time. Except when the human laws go against natural law or divine laws. If they're in contradiction, if the human law contradicts the divine law, we're not to follow the human law. That's the case with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego today. The king, the one who's the ruler of the land, the one in charge, says, you got to follow this rule. Human law. It goes right up against and contradicts the divine law. 
Can we ever not follow divine law? Is it ever okay to, follow, to not follow divine law? The answer is no. There's no exceptions. We're always to follow divine law. Even when the human law contradicts it. So, for example, if your teacher asks you to do something and sets a rule in class that goes against the divine law, which, by the way, they would never do that. But if your teachers gave a law or a rule in the classroom that went against the divine law, you're to break your teacher's rule. Now, no teacher here at St. Mary's would ever do that and have that rule set up in your classroom. But if it did... I'd want you to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Which brings us to our second point, to be on guard. To be on guard, because whether it's out at recess in our, with our kindergartners, first grade, second graders, the third graders, there's a, there's a real strong pull to get with a group of people and you start thinking, hey, this might be a good idea. And then all of a sudden I start feeling the pressure. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and do this that I know is against the divine law or I know I really shouldn't do it and I go ahead and do it anyways. And when you get older, junior hires, sixth graders up there in the classrooms now, seventh graders here and eighth graders. And when you get into high school, eighth graders, and you get into college and more and more, and we get older and older and older, the pull and the pressure to go along with your friends and to go along with the world, it says, go ahead and do this human law. Even if... The government, the president, whatever you have, just like King Nebuchadnezzar, he was their president. If it goes against the divine law, we're to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because God's number one. But we're never to break the divine law. Which brings us to the last point, the only way. How does that happen? How can we get to that spot to have that kind of courage? It takes a lot of courage. And it's going to be really hard. Even right now at recess or in classroom, everyone's talking bad about somebody. Everyone's misbehaving, or at least around me, my friends. It's really, 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 really hard to go against them and to say, you know what, I'm going to take a stand and I'm not going to go along. I'm not going to talk, talk bad like you guys are. That's really hard. And it gets harder in high school. It gets harder when you get older. What if your boss, what if, you, what if your boss tells you to do something against the divine law? Hey, our rule here at work is that we do this. This is our human law. It goes against the divine law. Guess what? It might mean we might get fired. That's scary. That's hard. Does God ever abandon us? If we follow divine law, might we get fired? Yeah. Did Shadrach, Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego get thrown in the white hot fiery furnace? They did. What happened to them? If you heard at the end of that reading, God rescued them. What happened to King Nebuchadnezzar because he saw them? King Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to worship your God. The God that saved you from the white fiery furnace that I threw you in? And, and he saved you? 
I saw it with my own two eyes. I saw your courage. I saw the way you trusted him, and I saw the way he rescued you. You know what? I'm going to worship your God. Forget this little statue down here. The only way, boys and girls, that we can get to that spot is if we give our life to Jesus. We trust him completely. Say, Lord, here's my life. They disobeyed the royal command of King Nebuchadnezzar, and they yield their bodies. They gave up their bodies rather than to serve or worship any God other than the one true God. The only way we can get to that point is if we know what it is that God did for us. The only way we can get to the point of giving God our life is if we know the way that he gave us his life for us. As we approach these holy days, next week, Holy Week, and Holy Thursday and Good Friday, Holy Saturday, let us pray that we really grasp what it is that God did for us. We're dying for us on the cross, rescuing us from sin and death, from slavery. When we know that deeper in our hearts, we can get to the spot and say, Lord, I owe you everything. I owe you my life because of what it is you did for me. And when we get to that spot, when we can make that move, boys and girls, we will not be frustrated even when we break rules that we're supposed to break because Jesus does not frustrate. 